I feel like I must reintroduce myself since uh, it's been a few years since I've been back, but my name is Father Derek Aaron, as Rex had mentioned at the beginning. I was uh, here as my first parish assignment in 2016 to 2018, and uh, have since now, for this will be my fifth year as vocation director of our diocese, and I reside in the pastorate of St. John Vianney and Holy Spirit at Geist, and travel through the diocese and parts of the country, visit college students. So I'm grateful to your pastor, uh, Father Richard, uh, a real dear friend of mine and and a mentor. can't believe I'm saying that on a microphone. I'm sure somebody will let him know that I said that. It'll be difficult for him to even walk through that door with his head getting a little bit bigger. But I do. I cherish the time that I was here. It was a beautiful time here, and um, I am forever grateful for that. And so it's an honor to come back and to pray with you. Last evening, before I had the 5.30 Mass, Father Dan so graciously welcomed me. And there's a plethora of microphones in the back, and they have names on all of them. And I said, uh, well, which, which microphone should I use? He goes, oh, use this one. This one's really good. Well, then I looked at the name. It said Father Dan Gartland. <laughs> Clearly, that's shocking. <clears throat> we begin a new liturgical year of ordinary time. Nothing fancy about the name. We've com- we just finished the Christmas season with the Epiphany last Sunday. Monday, we celebrated the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, where we hear of this, this key figure between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, His name's John the Baptist. Today we hear again in the beginning of John's gospel, we hear about the prophet John the Baptist. And we know that John the Baptist proclaims the coming of the Messiah to make straight our paths and to prepare for him. So whenever we hear in the gospel John the Baptist speaking, it's almost... Well, it is important that we listen attentively because there is kind of a a particular lens that we're going to see Jesus through. And so we find that today. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. For us Catholics, this should be a familiar phrase, a familiar statement. It's scriptural. We also know that this is familiar because we pray this in the Mass, every single Mass. At the elevation, once the the bread and wine have been consecrated to the body and blood of Jesus, the final elevation of, of the body and blood of Jesus is elevated, and the priest says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. This term Lamb needs some clarification. We could probably take a poll in here and we'd have a variety of answers. Um, even for myself, before I even studied through this, uh, of, of what does it mean, behold the Lamb of God? I think it's fair to say that oftentimes we probably would describe the qualities of a lamb and say, well, that's what Jesus embodies. 
Okay, that's, I think that's fair to say. Gentle. Jesus is gentle like a lamb. He's loving like a lamb. All of these embodiments, qualities of a lamb, Jesus embodies, yes. <clears throat> the thing with our Christian life is it has roots and there's depth. The use of the term lamb goes back to covenantal language. So prior to the new covenant, in the old covenant, most religious sects had animal worship, animal sacrifice. And so most of these religious practices were based upon that, not just the Jews. We know the Jewish custom was the, the sacrifice of an unblemished lamb. Where? On the altar, in the temple. We know that the temple was a grand facility, a grand structure. And if you ever go to Jerusalem, you can get a glimpse into a, a miniature idea of what the temple would have been like. It's phenomenal. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It's where God dwelt among us in that temple. But on the altar of sacrifice is where the lamb would have been sacrificed, would have been killed. It's said that when traveling to Jerusalem toward the temple, we would always be able to, to, to tell that you're getting close because of the, um, of the burning, because they, they burned the animals, you know, the, 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 the barbecuing, in a sense. Uh, there was the slaughtering of the animals, the killing of the animals, and the burning. And so you could smell the temple before you ever saw it. It was the practice it was a sacrifice, an offering to God. In our liturgy, as Catholics, we enter the sanctuary and the priest reverences the altar of sacrifice. The Mass is twofold, has two parts. The liturgy of the Word, where the Word of God is proclaimed from the ambo, and the liturgy of the Eucharist, where our offerings of bread and wine, but also our offerings from within our hearts of whatever may, we may be wanting to offer to God is placed on this altar of sacrifice. And through the words of consecration, offered to the Father, and the Father consecrates through the, through the sending down of the Holy Spirit bread and wine so that we may be fed on the body and blood of Jesus. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. He so loved the world that he sent his only son. In the Old Covenant, the idea of the far-off, distant God has come so near through the Incarnation to enter into humanity, the dysfunction of human life, to restore it to what God created it to be. Thank goodness he did that. And it's through the incarnation, Christ's coming, 
And through his passion, death, and resurrection on that cross is a sacrifice for you and me to atone for our sins, to bring us, reclaim us into that relationship that the Father so intended from the very beginning of creating you and me. And he did so. He did create you and me very good. So the sacrifice of the old covenant is fulfilled in the new. The new covenant of Christ's sacrifice. And at the altar, the priest is in that particular role to offer the sacrifice to God. It isn't a re-crucifixion. It is a representation of that one sacrifice. The sacrifice that Christ made for all of us because of our sins. So John the Baptist saying, Behold the Lamb of God, the Lamb of sacrifice. Behold Him who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. A couple weeks ago, in the rectory I live at, one of the priests said, you know, the washing machine was making some crazy noise. Almost so much that it was, like, going to walk right out of the laundry room. I said, great. What did you do about it? And he goes, well, I thought you might figure it out. I'm like, okay. So <clears throat> my figuring out was picking up the phone and calling an appliance repair. So I did. And the repairman started to try to diagnose the problem, and I was trying to relay the message. I was the middleman, relay the message of what was happening and this and that. And he wanted to know the model, the make, the serial number. And he continued on, and he says, well, can you take the front panel off? Well, I'm not really, I mean, mechanically inclined a lot, but I can, I can know that a panel can come off with some screws, or bolts, or whatever it might be, and, and I know the tools that are needed for that. So I looked, and I said, there's, there's no bolts or any way to take this off unless it's in the back. It's beginning to be a much bigger job than I ever intended or allotted for in my schedule that day. So he continued to say, well, try this and try this, and he said, you know, give us the scenario that if if it's, uh, if it's a minor repair, this is what it would be, this is what it would take, but if it's a bigger repair which it sounds like it's going to be, we really got to take all the panels off, we got to take the gear assembly out, and really got to get in the thick of that. Well, it's probably easier just to buy a new washing machine and sell ours on Facebook Marketplace. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, needless to say, we didn't have to have anything done. Thank goodness. It was just a matter of the clothing being unbalanced in the washing machine. The story applies to this situation because the repairman was able to diagnose the problem. And the problem was there wasn't, it wasn't fully functioning as it's supposed to do. And so the repairman had the, the knowledge of the situation, but that wasn't enough to have an understanding or knowledge in, uh, of the washing machine and its inner workings. The repairman knew what it took to get in to the problem in order to fix it, the dysfunction of that. And he was going to roll his sleeves up and get messy. 
in order to, re, to, refix, to fix the problem. If God so loved the world to send his only son, and he is the Lamb of God who's, who takes away the sins of the world, the far distant God we know of the Old Covenant became incarnate through the person of Jesus Christ to become one of us except sin. And through his death, passion, death, and resurrection, reclaimed our original goodness to bring us back into that fold as a family of God. God entered into the messiness and dysfunction of our human life. He didn't create that, but he chose to go there and to repair it. And it's messy, and it's ugly, but that's where God's mercy exists. God's mercy is the form of love that enters into our misery. And it's not what he created, but he desires as God to go there and to fix it, no matter how messy the situation is. The sacrifice of that repairman to get into the messiness to repair that dishwasher, washing machine. God chooses in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. He entered into our humanity so much so to die. To die and to rise from the dead because death no longer exists. Brothers and sisters, this proclamation of John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. John the Baptist had it figured out. This, my friends, is the gospel. This is the gospel news that God so chooses that we share to be disciples and witnesses of the gospel and to testify it in our personal relationship with the Lord, just as John the Baptist says at the end of this gospel. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. God love you.